listening to CPC Together, a podcast by Central Peninsula Church in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, we're here for the second time recording this <laughs> podcast. We recorded this yesterday, got about 45 minutes into it, and we had a computer glitch, and everyone just looked so disappointed in me. It was one of those I moments where I was like, guys, I'm so sorry. And no one said anything. We, we, we just felt really bad for you. I don't think. I, think I, you didn't, guys, I didn't feel bad for I him. Think, I feel bad for me because of him. <laughs> yeah. When he saw what we had to do to rearrange our schedules to yeah. be here today. <laughs> anyway, so we're here now. We did play a game yesterday. Um, I'm going to change it up because I want the spontaneity factor. But just to let you know, yesterday we did um, what I used to refer to as sword drills. We used to do this at camp where we would call oh, yeah. a scripture reference and you have to find it, and the person that can find it faster wins and is declared a little bit more righteous than the other. <laughs> <laughs> more jewels in their crown. Um, and who did we have? Who won? Oh, he I did. think I won that. He, did. he won that Kevin one. Won. Don't take, it don't take that victory from me. Yeah. It doesn't count because <laughs> we have no record of it <laughs> we, at all. You we, took 45 minutes from me, and now you're trying to take my victory. <laughs> I tell you. And... Today, Dan, thinking that we were going to do a sword drill again, today Dan brought his Bible, but he brought the kind of Bible that has the tabs in it. The thumb and, and why wouldn't I for a sword drill? I didn't even, you know, you boys grew up in the church. I didn't. I didn't know what a sword drill was. I thought you guys were you know, fencing. I didn't, Fence. know you, I didn't know you didn't grow up in the church. I, I was, was going to say the same thing. I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. know that. No, no, I didn't. I didn't get all the kids when did you? Stuff. When did you come to faith then? This. This podcast a, just took a turn, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I made a confession of faith uh, at age 16, oh, but wow. uh, it seemed like the whole notion of, as we're going to talk about more today, that whole notion of what it means to be a follower yeah. came at 18. I was baptized at 18. I made a re, wow. rededication, recommitment, uh, understood more of, of what it meant to be a follower yeah. of Christ. And, and uh, you know, life, that's when I sensed Holy Spirit in me. And a desire to follow him and leave the old, some of the old ways behind. You know, first mm. year of college experience. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. So, so before that, did people call you like a different name, like Danny? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, Danny, Danny from Wisconsin. <laughs> Pastor Dan no, does have such we, a good ring yeah. to it. You know, oh, I mean? like, dear, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we 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 believed in in God growing up, and and you know, we we went to church occasionally but it just it just seemed irrelevant and none of my friends did so friends were very important still are but very important to me and that's that's where I found my identity so there wasn't uh and and we didn't understand um that we didn't understand what salvation was you just go to church you know you just be a good person yeah we believe in God so we didn't understand the personal relationship with Jesus that's available so that came later. It became real. You never the things you never knew about Dan. That explains yeah. your prison tattoos. Oh. <laughs> I never oh, I knew. I try to keep those hidden. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew where those came from. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do to start off with. We'll still have another competition. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna test your theologian knowledge first. Okay, oh. that'll be the first question. Glad I got my Thompson Chain reference here. <laughs> so your theologian knowledge. I'm gonna give you a quote. From a theologian or from, from the theologian. Bible? No okay. Way. Okay. And see if Dr. anybody Seuss. can guess who it is. No, this is a theologian. Dr. Seuss doesn't count as a theologian. Does We're all he? theologians, actually. Just some of us are bad ones. <laughs> exactly. Some of us are conscious of it or not. So here's the quote. Ready? 
I believe in Christianity as I believe. C.S. Lewis. What? Wow. No Boom. Can you like finish I, the quote? Oh, I believe in Christianity like I believe in the sun. Not because I can see it or because, because of it I can see everything? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> not because I believe that the sun has risen. Not yeah. only because I see it, but because I see it. Because I see everything else. Yeah. yeah By yeah. it, I see everything else. Sorry, I screwed that up. Boom. That was something, Kevin. I don't well, know. I'm going against a PhD <laughs> candidate here. What's going on? <laughs> okay. Can you so, do a Charlie, a, a Charlie Brown reference? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next thing is I'm going to do a, a scripture. I'm going to give you a scripture. Um, I'm just going to read the scripture. And should we write it down and then tell you what we got? And so, so it's not necessarily a race. So what you, Oh, Oh, oh you see I what see. I mean? So we both get a chance to answer. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Let's do that. Okay. Dan's looking in his wallet for some, Oh, I'm going to, I got my, my little short pen. He has, he has a wallet pen, <laughs> a pen that fits in his wallet. <laughs> you love this. You're, you really admire this. Do you have this. a wallet notepad also? Because I do. What, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Because See, it would be so frustrating if you're like, oh, look at that. That's amazing. I could just write in that. I How thick is that wallet? <laughs> it's not George Costanza. Yeah, I was, was going to say George Costanza. <laughs> you, doesn't, uh, you don't keep mints in there? Uh, no. <laughs> Anyone want to stick a gum? <laughs> Some wallet gum? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking with wallet pen, man. I'd be a little worried about how warm that pen is or something. <laughs> okay, so... I'm going to read you the scripture verse, okay? Take it in, and I'll give you a few seconds. All right. And you can put what book you think it's from. You get a, you get a point if, if you get the book, but if you get the chapter, you get... Gold stars. Uh, five points. Okay. Oh, my. You know wow. what? Actually, 500. Okay. All right? How about 5,000? <laughs> <laughs> How many points did I get for the theologian quote? Um, I didn't... I was before I thought about assigning points, so... You get one. <laughs> I get one. All right, here we go. Ready? You get, you'll get crowns in heaven. Crowns in heaven. <laughs> you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Do you want more? That's in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what translation are you reading from? Uh, the new international version. The, <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you so like re, read it one more time? Read yeah. one more time. Like I think I've got James? a good answer or a good guess. Okay. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. All right. Mm. The answer is not Jesus. <laughs> okay. So that was, Dan just put his wallet <laughs> <pen> down. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I wrote Jesus with a question mark. Yeah. Okay. Jesus? All right, who's going first? I, I, I okay, think I've I, got... I, I, I think... I, I just have a guess. I, well, yeah, I do. What okay. do you, what's uh, your okay. guess? I'm going to guess John. I was going to say, it sounds John. John loves okay. the light darkness. Yeah, and I'm going to guess First John. I wrote First John as well. No. Wow. Okay. What uh, chapter? Did you write a chapter? This was a I total didn't write a dark. chapter. Um, we're, we're probably way off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Ecclesiastes. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's Genesis, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, oh, are, you guys uh, are off. Maybe I'll read a little bit oh, more. See, oh, so, oh. give us a new one. What was that one? Just give us a new one. That was um, First Thessalonians. Oh, Paul said that. Yeah, 
I don't know if you meant to be so tricky, then, but that is because John yeah. loves the light darkness illustration. All right. Here we go. Ready? All right. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Read it one more time. Do you want me to read it with any kind of voice, any certain? Yeah, let's do it with a um, <laughs> do it with Jeremiah classically voice. trained opera voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, must I call for help? <laughs> but you do not listen or cry out to you violence. <laughs> but you do not save. Oh, I'm pretty sure I you just guys speak. are now do Hermit the Frog. Are, now do Hermit are, the Frog. You're a little young. You remember Opera Man? Opera no. Man? Is he Opera like a Man. superhero? <laughs> well, no, it, it, no. It was a Saturday Night Live guy. It was oh, uh, oh. it was uh, the guy that was in uh, Happy Gilmore. Who, Adam, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was. Out, look up Google or not Google YouTube Opera Man. Opera Man. He give the news in opera. All right, what do you guys think? Oh, there he I is. No yeah. Um, it, it's in the Psalms, right? It's one of the Psalms. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jeremiah. Really think Ooh. I would go basic like the Psalms? I, it sounded like it. What'd you say? I said Jeremiah. The answer is Habakkuk. <laughs> Sorry, there's two K's in there. This Habakkuk. is working out so oh, well man. for us. Yeah. Isn't it Habakkuk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is it Habakkuk? I think so. I don't think it's Habakkuk. <laughs> I don't think it's that. That's all I know for sure. I uh, just let you know, in, there's video evidence of this, that I did this with Mark Mitchell and he got them all. I bet he no did. No way. He got them all. Of course he did. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, man. It was mind-blowing. I did it in the, the, the wings. Remember that Hot Wings video? I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty crazy. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to talk a little bit about this. Maybe give us some more handles on this followers versus fans thing. It's kind of how you set up your whole message. Um, I thought it was actually pretty fascinating to think about that. And I, I was, as I was trying to kind of find, I always think in, you know, analogies and stuff. And I was thinking about like, how would this translate in our world right now? How would you how would you describe a fan and a follower in some other context? Maybe not as a fan or follower of Jesus, but yeah. what are ways that we do this in our world currently? Yeah, I mean we're we're quick to be fans. We like to be fans, and uh, we there's something we gain, some sort of uh, satisfaction we get when our team wins or our our celebrity puts out, our favorite celebrity puts out a good movie and we want to support it be happy about it and and in a sense follow what's going on uh but that's not a not a follower in a sense of what we're talking about with jesus there was crowds that gathered around him that that genuinely were interested and they had every reason to be but he was trying to call people out to a different place and you know and i think the apostles in that in the passage the apostles well, that's a good example of it where uh, he said no i want you to you're going to come and you're going to be with me and uh you know kevin we've talked about yeah. disciple and you yeah. know and yeah. the difference between uh you know uh, a disciple and a and a and a just a a person who uh is fair weather mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh we cite an example of uh 
Palm, you know, the after Palm Sunday when when all the people were gathered around Jesus as he came in on a donkey in Jerusalem, and then you know, within a few days, where were they? You yeah, know, there there's a lot of fans there, a yeah. lot of fans. Yeah, uh, but uh, he's he's calling us to a higher a higher commitment, and yeah. and uh, I I think we can tend to. Uh, uh, be okay to be, be be in the crowd. Be okay yeah. to be a fan. Yeah, yeah. Mark Mark does a, a a really kind of beautiful beautiful job of setting up that distinction um, throughout the book. If you pay close attention as we read through Mark, you'll see him create that category of crowd um, versus those you know what, what you called on Sunday, Dan, those um, followers versus the fans. Yeah. Right. So the crowds are that sort of fan where they're around Jesus. Uh, but they're almost always a mixed crowd, right? You've got the you know the religious elites who are kind of out to get Jesus, trying to trap him. You've got those that are just intrigued but not willing to really follow yet. Uh, but you see this sort of mishmash. But yet Mark is constantly putting the the um, followers kind of in, or I'm sorry, the fans um, kind of in connection or, or juxtaposing them with the followers and demonstrating here's what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about that, that distinction, um, is really like, you know, a fan, um, doesn't have skin in the game. There isn't a a real impact on whether or not they, they continue being a quote fan of Jesus versus, you know, followers, they've got skin in the game. Like they've, you know, you look at the disciples, they dropped their nets, they left everything. They left, um, their old way of living to enter into a new one. And, and that radically changes um, you know, their perspective on what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, because again, all of a sudden there's, there's skin in the game, right? And that, you know, the, the difference between being a fan of the Giants versus um, being a quote follower, like a player of the Giants, is you've got skin in the game. Like, you know, when, when, when I as a fan of the Giants say we lost, we didn't really lose. I had no part in the winning or the losing, right? Um, but I, I can project that onto it. Whereas a you know, win or a loss, you know, for a Giants player or someone in the organization um, affects them differently because they have skin in the game. And in some sense, that's what Jesus is saying is step into that. Step into I'm, I'm inviting you into something far more, but it's going to it's going to cost you something uh, to be a part of this this new movement, this mm-hmm. new uh, you know group of community he's forming. And that changes. You know, again, there's a big difference, as you beautifully brought out between that fan and follower and I think Mark's really making that clear for us. It seems like our culture is, I don't know, in this season uniquely dispositioned towards fandom versus mm. versus being like a follower of, of almost anything, really. Yeah. It's it's easier to kind of stand on the outside. We have this celebrity culture. Yeah. Um, people are maybe more fascinated, and it's more attainable for anybody right now to chase fame. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like somehow those two are related that it's easy to sort of just be in a, in a way like being a fan or being famous or whatever. It's all kind of this anonymous. They know you for this little piece. If you're famous, they don't know they're not invested in who you are. They're not invested in, in the little parts of, of your life. Um, and I feel like fandom is kind of the same way. You don't really invest in something that you're just a fan of. So when things get hard, it's easy to sort of Mm -hmm. fall off that bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Or if something else attracts you, you just jump over to that. Right. And I think in anything in our culture, we don't, we don't maybe don't even want to know what's going on in the, Mm. the, you know, under the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, 
the skin. You know, we don't want to get into the heart. Yeah. I, I want to read, if I can, maybe this is a good time, that, that, that quote. I, I found this quote by, and, and some of our community groups have used this book by Kyle Edelman called Not a Fan. And I think it just says it beautifully. And I think it ties in with, Kevin, things you have been teaching us and continue to teach us in regards to understanding what it means to be a follower, to be, mm-hmm. you know, an apprentice, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we'll get into. Again, that a term that I uh, just, it just, uh, made, it makes me wince when I when I first tried hearing you say that. It's like yeah. a, a plumber, I, yeah. you know, a, a guy following a foreman, you yeah. know, a guy with a tool belt on, it doesn't know anything, it takes the dumb end of the, you know. Anyway, yeah. but uh, but now I'm starting to appreciate it a little more. I understand exactly yeah. what you're saying. But let me read this. It may seem that there are many followers of Jesus, but if they were honestly to define the relationship. If they were to define the relationship they have with him, I'm not sure it would be accurate to describe them as followers. It seems to me that there is a more suitable word to describe them. They are not followers of Jesus. They are fans of Jesus. And my concern, Eidelman writes, my concern is that many of our churches in America have gone from being sanctuaries to becoming stadiums. And every week, all the fans come to the stadium where they cheer for Jesus but have no interest in following him. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close that it requires anything from them. One of the reasons our churches can become fan factories is that we've separated the message of believe from the message of follow. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you bring that out very clearly. Mm-hmm. You've brought that out to the staff, Kevin, so well, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. we're going to see more and more of that as we continue to teach through Mark yeah. of what it does it mean to be a follower. And yeah. it ties in so much with the vision you're bringing us yeah. to yeah. as well here at CPC. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've created that category of Christian and, and that's, that's pretty foreign actually to the new Testament. Uh, you know, Dallas Willard, who, um, I channel for anything smart I ever say, probably is somewhere <laughs> back in his writings, uh, who he's just pulling from Jesus. So I guess it gets back to the right source, but, uh, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, he opens talking about how, you know, in the New Testament, the word Christian is used, I think it's twice. And the word disciple um, that you talked about, that Greek word methetes, mm-hmm. uh, is used, it's somewhere upwards of over 200 times mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Um, and, and Willard's point, and I think what you were getting at as well, is that, you know, the invitation from Jesus was, was never to just be a Christian. Uh, you know, we tend to create that category as like, mentally ascend to certain doctrines and and we can get a bit pedantic here but the, the invitation was always to follow me to become my disciple uh, and somehow we've created that category where you can be a christian and not a disciple and and i would just suggest that's foreign to the new testament which um you know is 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 a bit troubling yeah we we don't invite people into um a set of doctrines per se we invite them into an alternative reality the kingdom of god and how then do we live into that? And it has beliefs and doctrine around it as far as what it is, of course. Uh, but we tend to reduce the invitation to some sort of kind of mental ascent. And, and Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Like when he goes and gathers those, that diverse group of disciples, he just says, come follow me. They don't, they don't have it all figured out. They, mm-hmm. they never really fully figure it out. Um, but yet somewhere in that, they find what it means to live into the kingdom of God. Um, and that's why I really like that term, apprentice. Um, because that's, that's really what discipleship is. When we think of, uh, you know, that, that word you, like I said, you used on Sunday, methotase, <clears throat> it translates as student or learner. 
Um, but usually when we think of student kind of with our modern education system in mind, we think of sitting in a room, like listening to a lecture, you know, where you're acquiring information, you're reading books. Uh, but that's actually a relatively newer, um, really since the enlightenment, that kind of model of learning where prior to that, it was far more of this sort of apprenticeship model. Um, where you would like, let's say you're, you know, to use your example, you just mentioned, like if you're apprenticing under a plumber, the idea is it's a much more active thing. You're not just going to sit in a room and read textbooks about plumbing a house. You're going to go walk with that plumber. You're going to go kind of be with them in that particular house that they're plumbing. And you're going to see the way they lay the different pipes or whatever and kind of organize it all. Like it's a whole life kind of experience. And when, when Jesus says, Hey, come be my disciple. That's what he's inviting us into. It is learning, but it's an embodied thing. He's saying, come and, and be with me, as you pointed out as well so beautifully, is like spend time with me, but it's about absorbing the whole of who that person is. Um, it's so that way we become the kind of person who lives into the kingdom of God, um, not just learns about it, but where our natural disposition is being transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, to live into the kingdom of God. And so um, all that to say, like the invitation of Jesus is to apprentice into the life of the kingdom of God that's available now. And you just can't do that as a fan. You can't just, you could probably acquire information as a fan. I can know a lot of stats uh, about Max Scherzer and how he pitches, uh, but it's a whole different ballgame to learn to hit his curveball. Hmm. Uh, that's a radically different thing. And Jesus is inviting us into the latter, right? He's saying, come learn how to live into that. Um, fans can know information, but followers learn how to live into the reality of the kingdom of God. I think what's really fascinating about that, Kevin, and just thinking about the apprentice language is, you know, having, having been, um, having grown up in this faith tradition, it was always just part of my culture. Like I grew up going to church and I grew up having Sunday school and being part of youth group and, it was something that was just always around. <clears throat> and so I think what that may have done is because it's always around, like you learn to speak the language and you learn to practice the practices kind of, mm -hmm. but the intentionality for me anyway, the, the intentionality wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. And w with apprenticeship, when you think about that, like you, you can't apprentice unless you, you probably get fired if you try to be an apprentice without any intentionality of, of mm. actually learning mm -hmm. how to become like the, mm -hmm. the, the journeyman, or is that who you would follow, the journeyman? <laughs> journeyman or the foreman, I guess. <laughs> the foreman, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so, I mean, I, in some ways, I feel like, you know, my apprenticeship, even though I was steeped in the culture of Christianity, yeah. um, in some ways, I feel like my, my apprenticeship has, has just begun. Yeah, because I've really started to get in the last, you know, I don't know, five years of yeah. my life. Yeah, really started to get intentional about like making those hard changes. Yeah. Like, and I, th I just think about anything you're apprenticing. I mean, in my world, let's say you're you're apprenticing, you're trying to learn how to run the soundboard. You know, mm -hmm. like there's gonna be there's gonna be weeks that are really really hard. Like last week when you're fighting how to figure out how to make the mics not feed back. And you know, like all those things, like you're so intentional about trying to learn that. Ideally, you have someone right there that's showing you and helping you get to that next level. And I, I just think it's such a, it feels, I don't want this to sound judgmental, but it feels like a rare thing. Yeah. Um, 
where we're where a person is actually intentionally trying to form their life around Jesus. Yeah. I don't know if Yeah. And I you know, I think we you know, we're we're talking a lot about our our, our practices, our habits mm-hmm. and and all of that is good because what that's do is doing is it's us uh, as as Paul says, uh, you know, work out your faith. You're working yeah. out your faith. Yeah. So we create space and an opportunity to uh, to be in his presence. I mean, we're not literally following in Jesus's footsteps the mm-hmm. way the apostles were here, but we can take it to that next level of being in his presence, thinking about it, as you say, Brandon, intentionally and not compartmentalizing. I think that was another, that was a danger that, that I saw early in my walk is, you know, I'd gain the knowledge. I'd sit in a seminary class and I'd gain tons of knowledge and I'd go out and say, oh, I love this Seinfeld rerun. You know, I mean, I, yeah. and not that I'm against Seinfeld, but I, I just seemed to, it became an academic exercise for me and I wasn't developing that whole other side yeah. Yeah. of trusting in, yeah. in the one I'm following yeah. and trusting him in areas of my life and letting him uncover and awaken me to, uh, hey, these are areas you need to work on. I'm, you know, obviously we'll have areas that we'll be awakened to the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's it is a different uh, a journey. It's 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 a holistic trusting. That's what where the transformation is. Yeah, yeah. God's Spirit working in our hearts, compelling us, drawing us, inviting us, yeah. and then us responding by trusting. Yeah. If I'm going to learn to plumb a house, I got to trust that the the supervisor knows how to do this, and he's going to show me, and he's going to work alongside me, yeah. and then one day he's going to send me out and say, "Now it's your yeah. turn. You yeah. go do it." And that's what he did with the apostles. He sent them out, yeah. but after they had apprenticed, yeah. and Ooh, I even the... use that naturally. That <laughs> Look at you go! <laughs> but what we forget too is like Jesus didn't invent discipleship. Like this was the first century model of education. Like there were other rabbis with disciples. Yes. And the way in which they just, you know, educated people was through this model of apprenticeship or discipleship. What made Jesus so radical um, was the way that those that he invited to be his apprentice, um, that, that net was cast broadly where, you know, the other rabbis <clears throat> from the first century would have only had the elite of the elite, like the best of the best students, mm. you know, the, the highest educated would have been their disciples. Jesus on the, on the flip side says, Hey, fisherman, who's kind of on the bottom rung of the social spectrum, you can come follow me. Hey, zealot, as you brought out, you come follow me. Hey, Roman tax collector, Matthew, you come follow me. And he threw that net to to essentially anyone, anyone who wanted to follow him. He could do that. And so there was um, that radical invite to all to be followers. Um, But the model of education itself was, that was part and parcel to the first century world. And Jesus just takes that. And then as the kingdom of God does, he, he flips it upside down. It changes. It, it, he takes a structure that was there and reshapes it for the, the purpose of the kingdom of God, which was far more broad. Um, so it's, you know, he's using those tools that were accessible to him then. I think we've just lost because we have a different education model um, that, was, you know, that wasn't there in the first century. So, Dan, um, when I hear all of this, you know, become a follower, uh, don't, just, don't just be a fan of Jesus. You know, and we talk about knowledge versus doing there's a piece that you brought up in your message that you basically said that Jesus kind of calls them to just be with him before before it's about what they do you know the first thing that he kind of calls them is say hey be with me um can you talk a little bit more about that yeah and i think it it's just 
to me really sheds light on our whole ministry philosophy here is uh, you know we we when when somebody comes to our church and is excited to be here uh, let's give them something to do you know and and in re- and yeah there's there's plenty to do and we stand up and recruit people to do uh but basically to to become a disciple uh there is being just being in the presence of, of God instead of doing and doing comes and and I'm not saying we we aren't doing but it, it begins with this relationship with him and what emanates out of that relationship is the service that we we do you know loving God and loving others you know and how that manifests itself using our gifts you know being accountable getting into all kinds of relationships that are healthy for us in in the sense of community but it's it's uh, I, I love that he said that to them first. I just want you to come and and, and just and just be with me, and, and then I'm going to send you out. Uh, and he's going to empower them as well. That's the third thing he says there. You know, empower them, and they're going to go into you know Satan's realm in a sense and win back for the kingdom huh. uh, as as Christ would lead them. So, do you think Jesus? modeled that in his relationship with God, that idea that you can just be, just oh, be yeah. around. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that goes back to Mark 1, where we talk about yeah. Jesus getting away to the Ramos, right? The lonely place. Like, mm. he gets away to pray and spend time with um, with God, you know, which, which again, we don't, we don't think about. But I mean, part of the reason that Jesus does that is he too has a spiritual formation. Like, he underwent a sort of formation, uh, and, and so these sorts of, you know, we see these little practices or habits that Jesus had, um, that helped give shape to his own life, right. As, as he is wholly, you know, fully human and not to mention the fact that we don't know really next to nothing about Jesus first 30 years of living. And a lot of that was just being in the presence of Jesus, yeah. going to synagogue, learning, reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures. Like all of that is exactly that kind of being type language, Dan, that you brought out is that really is, I think that is the first and, and most fundamental task of the disciple of Jesus or the apprentice of Jesus is just to learn how to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, what, what's, what's I think so interesting about that and, and can be challenging is like you said, we don't physically see Jesus, but Jesus, you know, right before he, he ascended to heaven said it was better for him to go. Um, so the advocate could be sent to us, mm-hmm. the Holy spirit. And, and so we have then that Holy spirit, which actually is the, the same power, right? That resurrected Jesus is living within us. Um, and that's how we entertain the presence of God. That's how we be, you know, be with Jesus is through that sort of attentiveness to the Holy Spirit in, in our day-to-day living, in our very ordinariness, right? Which, again, we have to get out of that mode where it's like the, um, Dan, as you were saying earlier, the, the compartmentalized, where it's like, I do the Jesus Holy Spirit thing here, and then I go about the rest of my day. Um, if we're excluding the presence of the Holy Spirit from our workplace, where you spend eight hours a day, you're excluding the Holy Spirit from the, the primary you know, way you spend your days. Like, that's a problem. Like, what does it mean? You're doing it wrong. Yeah. To understand, (laughs) to understand the Holy Spirit is with you in your cubicle, in your office, as you're taking the kids to school, as you're picking them up. Like, you know, that's Paul's pray without ceasing. I don't think he literally means like eyes closed, fold, you know, hands folded. I think that's him saying, recognize the spirit with you at all times. And you, you have access to that. And so how do we live in light of that? I think is the question. Yeah. I think what's refreshing for me in this is it, it in a sense, it, and maybe it, it, 
it is, I mean, the, the challenge, it's a high bar to be a follower, but there's yeah. something refreshing about it is I'm supposed to just come and be. You yeah, know, that's yeah. where it starts. And that's, that's good. I just kind of uh, relaxes me. It's like, oh. Yeah. And then I also, you know, another part of this too is we, we focus on Jesus, the Son of God, you know, and that's clearly being revealed as we go through Mark. But we get those glimpses of his humanity and his pulling away. Uh, he's tired. He's, yeah. he's been ministering. He's been putting out. He needs to be refilled and, and refreshed that really that Jesus does, you know, yeah, but that's, yeah. we just, it's a, it's a great reminder of this, you know, this beautiful, you know, uh, what do they call the hypostatic union? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's yeah. <laughs> of, you know, and, 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 and we don't, we don't align with that. He's, he's yeah. not like us. He's, he's so beyond us in that way yeah. that he, he, he's just doing that to set an example of what we should be doing. Yeah, but yeah. in reality, he was doing it because that was a good habit for him to have. And yeah. he, he was in communion with his father. Yeah. 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 Can we talk about who he chose? Because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this maybe gives us a little bit, um, maybe should help us feel a little bit better <laughs> about ourselves. <laughs> Because when you actually went through who he chose, um, like you said, Kevin, you know, the tradition would have been a rabbi choosing the elite. Yeah. And when you look at the guys that he chose um, to be his followers and to carry on this ministry after he leaves, um, it's, it's an underwhelming group. Like, do you still have that, that list uh, of the guys that you went through? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, Mama's Mark boy. Mark lists them all there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you know, you know Peter's faults, and uh, I love how Jesus uses his name. He calls him Simon by his birth name okay. when he so, when he screws yeah, up. When he messes up, he's called Simon. He is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're to be Peter the Rock. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like, it's kind of like when my mom would call me Kevin Christopher State. You know, <laughs> exactly. that's just when I was in trouble. Yeah, you know, yeah. and just got Kevin when I was doing all right. <laughs> oh, and you know, you got the the you know what James and John. You know, they wanted to rain. They wanted Jesus to rain down fire on the Samaritans. You know, yeah. he's uh, he's mad at you know he was mad at them. Uh, yeah, that Sons of Thunder, and then the, they battled for the. They yeah. battled for being the greatest spot. They wanted to be in the yeah, best spot yeah. right under Jesus. So they wanted that. They put themselves above the other disciples. I mean, that, those are the top. That's his inner core. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. now, you know, we can get into some of these others that are actually kind of humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Dan, one of the things that, you know, when you mentioned Simon the Zealot to the kind of political revolutionary uh, was, you know, those of uh, the, the Sicari, right? That would go around with the daggers and would yeah. stab the Roman officials. What we forget is around Jesus' table, you have that guy who's wanting to kill Roman officials, and you have Matthew, a Roman official, yeah. mm. who worked as a tax collector. And the sort of diversity, I mean, can you imagine the dinner table conversations oh, yeah. where literally you have someone who's a, a, an extremist on either end of it, but yet they come together in communion. Yeah. Like there's, there's something about this kingdom community that God's forming that radically transcends. I mean, we can't fathom the, the, uh, the diversity or the... Um, the division between a zealot and a tax collector. I mean, Matthew was literally making money, working for Rome, and on top of that, further, as tax collectors would, throwing extra tax on top of the Jews to earn a, a, you know, a higher cut, a higher pay. And yet you have this zealot who was just on the complete other spectrum. 
sitting around the same table. I mean, there's there's something to that allegiance, mm, right? That yeah. transcends that. There, there's there's something. Uh, somebody said this, uh, and I just it's just the the attraction that we have yeah. to Jesus. Yeah, that you know that he could attract with from such diversity to bring together as one in his kingdom, in yeah, his body. Yeah. And uh, who else could do that? Yeah. Uh, that he just had such an appeal for somebody who says, I'm following. And yeah. they, you know, drop yeah. their yeah. drop their nets and follow. Drop yeah. their dagger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when drop it's that their allegiance. Roman coins. Yeah. When it's that allegiance, right, that because the kingdom of God demands a higher allegiance, it would make Simon a bad zealot. It would make Matthew a bad Roman. Yeah. And, and at times it would, it would put those allegiances in conflict Mm. and, and there's something to that where at times, like it'll be hard to follow Jesus, to step into that higher allegiance will mean those other lesser allegiances we may have. We may not, we may at times have to not be good at those. Um, and that's, that's hard. You know what I mean? But yet again, like that's what we see Jesus calling this kingdom of God to is that higher allegiance. Hmm. And then there's just the fact that I, I think they're just razzing each other too you know yeah. in a humorous way just like the whole the whole nickname thing yeah i mean you got james son of alpheus well you know james the lesser well what yeah. was he what made him a lesser you know you're not <laughs> gonna say well he's lesser than jesus's brother james it's not that but no that he was short <laughs> he was shorty they called him yeah. shorty we call him short james yeah <laughs> there's regular size james and short james <laughs> and small fry over here <laughs> And uh, I don't know, you know, I was reading one commentary about Thaddeus and I, uh, what I read was his name was Judas and, you know, he already had Judas Iscariot. So Jesus gave him the nickname Thaddeus. Man, he dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could have gone down I'll take mama's boy yeah, over mama's Judas. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So we got Shorty and Mama's boy. <laughs> and Mama's boy. I, I had a friend named Thaddeus growing up. You did? He's actually still my friend. We were we were like best friends in high school. I wish I would have known that back then. I <laughs> he might not you, still be your friend if you knew that back then. <laughs> what, what did you call him? Did you call him Thaddeus? Or did yeah, you call him Thad? I mean, or? Thad is so weird because it, it sounds like Chad or, you know, hey, Thad. I just called him Thaddeus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he called me Brandy. <laughs> No, not really. I think he just called me B. Um, so, so Jesus invites us. You talk about this open invitation, Dan. Um, see if I see if I'm missing anything. He invites us to step out from the crowd to become a follower. Um, he invites us to use our averageness or or even our weakness um, for his purposes. Um, he invites us to be with him to become his apprentices and um, to become like him. Did I miss any invitations? To, to go out and, and serve uh, after they're trained, to go out and serve, and then uh, to go with power and cast out demons. When, they did, when he did send them out, they were amazed at uh, what God did through them. Hmm. Uh, and they came back and reported to Jesus how they had successfully cast out demons in his name. Yeah. So again, you know, he gives us this invitation, but it, it just comes with such reward and such uh, assets <laughs> to do this, that we're, we're not alone. He's, he's, he's with us, you know, this uh, Jesus ministry uh, through the Holy spirit 
gives us, as, as Kevin said, the advocate, the counselor, uh, to be with us, that things, they, this, is, this is better for you, that uh, I leave and the Spirit comes. And uh, before his ascension, what did he say? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I am departing now, but I will empower you with the Holy Spirit mm. so you can go out into all the world yeah. uh, in, in my name and serve. Uh, and that, the last piece, too, because I, I was trying to see, I, as I was working on this message, I, I struggled with tying all of it in together. I was thinking, this, okay, so Mark had this all laid out like this, and somebody smarter than I am put it into a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's a reason why it ties in. There's a reason why there's a break between uh, this and what, Kevin, you're going to do this Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then it, just, it, it took me back to that whole weird family thing that whole mm. weird dynamic where uh yeah out of, for whatever motivated them they they said his family said publicly that you know my brother is off his rocker yeah yeah uh, you know and then you know we went through the whole you guys can you guys i don't want to go into i don't want to go into the unpardonable uh, blasphemy against the holy spirit today but uh then after that we, he circles back to that family. Yeah. And Jesus said, the greatest family relationship you can have is in the kingdom of God. Other people who me. follow me, yeah. People follow, yeah, mm. yeah. And he loves us and values us in that relationship more than even his own uh, flesh and blood. And his, his flesh and blood came around, you know, they, they, they mm. came around and, they, you know, they were they probably ignorant early on, but once they saw him, uh, do this. He, they, they I, I mean, I'm sure he's just an odd, odd young man, odd young sibling. You know. <laughs> okay, Jesus, we're so sorry for saying that we thought you were insane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we realize now that you're God. So, uh, our bad. Yeah. And Jesus said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think about this this early. You know, as Jesus was here, and then beyond, as this as this movement this Jesus movement is starting to catch fire. And I have to think that it was fueled so much by this scene that you were describing, like the scenes where you go out and in Jesus name, you see things happen. You know, that as you step in, as you drop your nets and you start following Jesus, like you said, there's rewards. You start seeing how we were meant to live. You start feeling what it, what it, what it, life was always meant to feel like when we walk alongside the creator when we live life in partnership with Jesus. And I feel like, um, you know, I, I'll just speak for myself here, that if when my faith was just knowledge, I, I was missing out on so much joy. Hmm. You know, hmm. like I understood it, and I'm like, yeah, there's a ni- this is a nice moral code. You know, this is a good set of rules to live by, and it probably makes life better, you know. Um, Jesus makes your life better. You know, that's kind of like the, the way you think about it. But when you really get in and you start following Jesus, and then you start having those moments where you're like, okay, the only way I can do this is if I completely trust that Jesus is who he said he is. And then, and then he delivers. And then, then your faith grows. And then you want to trust him again for the next thing. It's that joy that I think ignited that early church yeah. and that um, should ignite our church now. Yeah. What's, you know, I think of my favorite parable of Jesus, um, you know, as the man comes across the field and he stumbles across the treasure and in his joy, he gives up everything to buy the field, right? We tend to read that and think about, man, I got to give up everything, but the parable is not about what he gave up. It's about what he found. Absolutely. It's about the treasure. It's about like, you know, Willard would, would say not to quote him again, uh, but he would talk about, you know, there's a cost to discipleship, 
but there's a cost to non-discipleship. And when we choose to not disciple or apprentice under Jesus, we lose, you know, as he says in John 10, 10, I've come to bring life and life to the fullest. Um, That will look different as we're discipled into the kingdom. We'll recognize life to the fullest isn't the American dream. It doesn't mean all, you know, material wealth or all that, but it is, as you were just saying, Brandon, this like deeper wholeness of living with the grain of the universe with, you know, swimming with the stream and the current opposed to against it and fighting it. Um, Because that's what, that's what sin does, right? It sends us through distorted desires, distorted loves, kind of against the current of the world. Like the universe is flowing in a direction where God's created the world to work in a direction and sin would distort our hearts and to say, no, the good, the good life is swimming upstream and I'm going to fight the current. Yeah. And, and when we find the treasure like this guy did, he says, no, I'll give up everything else that was fighting against it, man, this is the direction and it reshapes everything. Uh, but that's, that's the invitation is come find the treasure. Hmm. Right. And then in the joy, I'll give up whatever it is. Cause then I found, I found what my heart's been longing for. It'll look different, no doubt, but it's like, that's what we're seeking. Absolutely. I, I'm older than you guys. Uh, you guys can't tell that on the microphones, <laughs> but my hair is a different color. And I, I, I am at the tail end of the baby boomers and we baby boomers love the, the stage. We love the stadium. We love the, the big productions at, at church. And, uh, you know, what I found over, over time is Brandon, I love when you lead worship, and I love that a crowd comes and you draw us into the presence of God, and you, He's gifted you at that. Kevin, I love when you preach, and I love how you 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 speak to to us, you speak to our hearts. God uses you, and that you're 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 proclaiming, you're mm-hmm. you're teaching and preaching and exhorting. It's beautiful. But you know when I when I when I see someone praying in the corner with somebody, mm-hmm. uh, you know. They 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 get the treasure, you know. Yeah. They, they're 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 one on one with a heart, and they're 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 praying for somebody who's opened their heart up to God, and and just so there's just so many ways that's expressed, and I I uh, I just I just uh, and they don't they don't need to be on the stage. They just they yeah. just they just want to minister to people. They just want to love people. They just want to meet them where they are, you know. Bind up their wounds, yeah. heal them. You know, send them off encouraged, and I think, man, that they get it. You know, that's mm. that's worth. There's nothing more valuable. Nothing mm, I would yeah. uh, want to hold on to if I had to give that up. Yeah, and uh, it, I mean, that's the the beauty that's of the good. the church. And you know, that's that's that we we do put a lot of emphasis on our on our large gatherings, and that's wonderful. But man, it's so great to see when we're, we're putting emphasis and seeing more and more prayer happen and more and more ministry alongside that's occurring where people are called up and say, man, you can actually touch a life personally. Uh, I think, Kevin, you mm-hmm. you know, I do. I'll walk off. Sometimes I'll think, was anybody's life touched? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there? God, God you know. That guy sleeping in the third row was like, <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was deeply moved. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he didn't fall asleep until 10 minutes in that yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, Dan, I love that because that's one of the things I love about our church, not to toot our own horn, but like our, you know, the sanctuary every Sunday is filled with people who've been following Jesus for decades, yeah. quietly just awesome. going about their faithfulness, mm. and yeah. and it is, it is you know it's a gift, it's a gift, and it's beautiful. That's the kingdom yeah. of God in in yeah. the simple, mundane things as well as in uh, you know at times in the big, but often in the small. 
um, is, is the kingdom of God. There were so many that are sitting in our congregation that could have been sitting at this table today yeah. and they would have whooped us. In yeah. The, yeah. In the, they would have. The they game. already got all the right answers. <laughs> Here we are. What? <laughs> hey, uh, our, our pastors don't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think this has been a good conversation. Thank you again, Dan. It was a, a great message. Yeah. And for those of you that are, maybe you're feeling the pull, maybe you're, you know that you're a fan of Jesus and, and you're trying to think of what that next step might be to become a follower. And just want to remind you, the first thing he asks you to do is just to be with him. Just Man. be with him. Figure out ways to be with him. And um, if you want any help on this journey, this, that's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's why CPC mm-hmm. um, is here. We want to help. We want to help you on this journey. So um, reach out to us. I had someone tell me this last week. Every time you say reach out to us, I never know how. So um, that's a there, good point. Or, or leave us a comment. There's no place to leave comments. So just speak the comment wherever you're listening while yeah. you're doing dishes. Yeah. Just say your comment. Yeah. So how should we have them reach out to us? Uh, let's 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 so let's let Sandy figure that out. Sandy, put yeah. that in the a, a way to reach out will be in the show notes, um, and we'd love to hear just what God's doing in you. We'd love to hear stories of what God has done in you or how this is um, this podcast is affecting you. Either way, um, we're here with you on the journey. We're with you. We're not superior. We're just walking along beside you. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.